Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're right. Technical side. (laughs) And poor Cookie uh, hasn't moved uh, in two days. Uh, Cookie got spayed yesterday. Oh, dear. And she got the cone on her head. Uh, Well, you know, we've we we had her. We haven't had her for that long. Uh, and we wanted her to be comfortable with us first before we, you know, <laughs> ripped things out of her body. Huh. They did Toffee at the shelter before we, we took him. Oh. So anyway, she's, yeah. she's got a cone on her head and she's all drugged up. Uh, <laughs> poor um, cookie. In any case, uh, yes. this, this was a really fun one for me to research and write. I had a yes. really good time. With this Some one, reason, I quite enjoy the process of etymology. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a word fan, as you know. I Someone do know. who genuinely does crosswords for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely think recursive sprawler is a good name for the genre. Uh, yes, I think there, there is no more fitting. As, as you said, the recursive, uh, recursive being uh, an adjective, uh, mm. can be stapled on to other adjectives very simply. Exactly. And it's it's what I feel is at the core of the Dark Souls genre. It's mm. it's difficult because a lot of games uh have high difficulty, they have hack and slash, mm-hmm. but it's only Dark Souls that's pioneered that whole structure of beating yourself I mean throwing yourself at a sequence of challenges mm-hmm. in the hopes of finally getting everything right, breaking through at the book to the boss fight at the end and moving on to the next <laughs> bit to throw yourself at. I, I I really enjoy the the mirroring with Groundhog's Day because if you think about it, Groundhog's Day was the first Souls like. Exactly, <laughs> that's that's exactly what Bill Murray was doing there. If yeah. only he'd known he could have gotten the rusted iron ring from the cake shop on Loop Twelve. He could have had a much easier time. He won't be turning any heads at speedrun.com. <laughs> No, I think I think it's important because that that is like I I definitely focused a lot on the combat, which I do feel is one of the biggest thing aped in the the homages that came later. But it's yes, the loop. But there, but, but <laughs> there are games that are termed souls like that have different combat. Consider Remnant from the Ashes, which is a souls like third person shooter. Mm, sure, and, uh, sure. The, uh, the hack and slash combat in Hollow Knight has more in common with something like Castlevania, sure, than sure. The the dodge and block and parry system, and a lot of non Souls like games have the dodge, block and parry sort of combat, like um, Ghost of Tsushima has something like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, no, and I think I think that's great. That's that's the fun part of this is we were we were both trying to kind of boil down the essence of not only what makes Dark Souls fantastic, but the elements that all of their uh, children have have taken from them. Incidentally, sorry if you like listening to this podcast but aren't in the least bit interested in Dark Souls, because you've had a bad time these last few weeks, haven't you? 
Yahtzee and I really like these games, people. It's a good game. A lot of people like them. It's, well, and more importantly, I think the the other reason, the other thing that got me very excited about this one is that idea of people coming together and collectively, unconsciously choosing what to label something as a genre. I think it's so fascinating. You know, I, I wasn't into PC gaming at the time, but, mm. you know, when first person shooters were called Doom clones like that mm. shift into first person shooter. Right. Trouble is, it's so difficult to deliberately engineer a shift in language. Yes. People get attached to these sorts of things. You can't just say this should be a better word. Because it has to, like, naturally infuse culture. You have to, like, get it into people's heads. As I yeah. said, having having a, a popular review show, which has occasionally coined terms such as PC Gaming Master Race, which inadvertently became a term for something, <laughs> I attempted to get the term Spectacle Fighter to become a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's acknowledged in a few places, but, you know, it's not... The the ideal thing is to do, get for the PC Master Race thing where people use it but don't know where it's from. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Just so it becomes common parlance. Yeah, that it just became the name for that thing. <laughs> I don't know how it happened with first-person shooters. I think that enough games came out that were uh, like streets ahead of Doom mm-hmm. that I, I guess like, individual media organizations had more impact back then because there wasn't like a million different sources for everything on the internet. Right. So it right, was just right. like the magazines and the big sites started using first-person shooter. Well, and the the other thing is the simplicity of it. I mean, it it's a game in the first-person perspective, and all of the early ones only had guns. You were only shooting, and so it's just like to me that was that was just them being economical with their language. <laughs> yeah, I think another part of it was that uh, a lot of games. Uh, fps's went way beyond doom and i think the people who were fans of games like half-life and such Mm -hmm. uh consciously wanted to like detach it from doom in their minds oh okay because it goes far beyond doom Mm -hmm. it feels dismissive and you don't want to be dismissive of a game you genuinely like Ooh, yeah well and i i think that that same mindset applies here where you know if you look at a game like uh, you know, if you look at a game like Hollow Knight, which is, you know, a, a 2D side scroller, has no RPG elements whatsoever, I feel is like... It, does it not? Well, I guess it depends how you define RPG elements. I I define them as the ability to... Uh, I define uh, it has RPG elements. It is not an RPG game like Dark Souls is. Uh, an, an RPG has... The ability to change stats that drastically dif- uh, differentiate how you play the game. Does uh, amount of health count? Because you increase your amount of health over time in Hollow Knight. And I would say that what characterizes an RPG is that your character grows and develops over time. Mm. And I would say your health increasing because of things you've done and found mm-hmm. is technically an RPG element. It's an RPG element and obviously this is where we get into a lot of of wibbly wobbly fuckness but <laughs> that's the point of today's podcast but that's the about the wibbly podcast. wobbly fucksness of video game genre names <laughs> but like 
having more having more or less health doesn't drastically change the way you play the game. It right. it changes the way you play the game, but not drastically. Uh, you know, looking at something like Skyrim, you dump all your points into one-handed weapons versus you dump all your points into archery. That will drastically change the way in which you play the game. Right, I'm with you on this. So role mm-hmm. RPGing is where you like create a role for yourself, and that role is uh, has distinct gameplay. Yeah, and creating all- the character, cr- creating the role is part of the gameplay yeah i have in the past felt that the difference between a game being an rpg and a game having rpg elements is that at the end of an rpg one character's build might be vastly different to another yes build absolutely whereas at the end of a game that's just got rpg elements basically every character is the same you've bought all the stuff from the skill tree (laughs) yes i think this is this is one of your biggest criticisms of the modern day triple a's slightly stealth slightly action skill tree where it doesn't matter what skills you use it doesn't matter where you upgrade yeah just eventually you just have to get them all exactly like like the new the new ps4 spider-man games have skill trees you do not drastically play the game any different if you focus on one element the 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 role in which you choose has gameplay significance. That yeah. is a role-playing game. So something, you know, like Hollow Knight, which has which has those recursive elements to it. We have to we have to make sure we say recursive as much as possible during this podcast to yes. let it sink into people, by the way. I'll have to remember to use that in a ZP review sometime, Ooh. which let's face it, is actually watched. <laughs> Comparatively. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, like Hollow Knight, I think, is a, is a great example of kind of taking the, the homage elements of Dark Souls without taking all of Dark Souls. See, this so is one thing, this is sort of like the sticking point that I had to think about when thinking about the recursive idea is how is like waking up at the bonfire and exploring the next part of the game? How is that different to how it worked in like Castlevania Symphony of the Night? Because you have the checkpoints and um, every room like repeats every time you enter it because all the monsters respawn every time you enter the room. Mm -hmm. The no, and I I think like that's again that's what makes recursive so fun. Is it can also be uh, reverse applied to games with similar elements. As as has been stated many many times, Dark Souls actually took a lot of cues or Dark Souls slash. Oh, God, a King's Field. Hmm. Dark Souls took a lot of cues from King's Field. King's Field actually took a lot of cues from the original Legend of Zelda game, which hmm. had those recursive elements. Enemies respawning in the same spot every single time you would go into the area. I think the difference is that enemies don't respawn after you've killed them in like a single life. If you see what I mean. Mm, sure, in, sure. In, in Symphony of the Night, enemies respawn every time you leave the room and come back in. Right. But if Symphony of the Night was like being like Dark Souls, uh, then you'd just kill them all and they'd stop respawning until you'd gone to a spawn point and reset <laughs> time. That's the dif- That's what makes it Ooh. recursive. That's the difference. I've decided. Oh no, and I, I like that. That's actually where where I was. That's where I was coming from when I was wanting uh, when I came up with my definition of the flight or fight fight or flight game. Which is the you have a choice on how how much fighting you do in a souls like game 
in a recursive game. And I know for for me, usually I will at least once in every area clear out absolutely every enemy so that I can really find all of those like hidden items. Yes. And then to me, like, okay, I've cleared out everybody once in my mind. This area is done. Now I can flight and just run to where I need to run. <laughs> yeah, I tend to take that attitude. I'm, I've got to have killed everything in the area at least once. Mm-hmm. Once I've done that, and if I'm just at the point where I'm just trying to run to the boss, <laughs> then it's fine to run past everything. Right, and so it's it's actually that fight or flight element that changes it from being kind of an arcadey experience into a recursive experience. There you yeah. go. Because it's the arcade experience that would just have everyone reset all the times because those were quarter suckers. Mm. Well, we've uh, we've solved what to call the Souls like <laughs> genre. Because eventually, if you come up with a good enough name, as happened with Doom Clone and with GTA Clone, mm. then it melts gradually into common parlance. It surprises me that that's never happened with Metroidvania. It it's so weird that the metroidvania name stuck around you know what's extra weird about the metroidvania name is vania comes from symphony of the night not necessarily from the earlier uh castlevania games and so really it's just a metroid like i think what it is i think i don't think they'd still be called metroid like i don't think that would have stuck around i think it's just that metroidvania has become its own word Mm. and when people say it they no longer think of it the way they would think of a term like metroid like <laughs> it doesn't feel sure. like attached to that original game anymore sure and metroidvania it's, does roll off the tongue a lot easier than metroid like certainly does <laughs> so yeah so um souls like has been with us for a while but there's but doom clone was with us for a while as well mm-hmm. there's always a chance uh, to change things and not every game that has recursive elements feels that soulsy in mm-hmm. terms of atmosphere. So, yeah. Hop th- to it. Internet, start saying recursive instead. Well, and I th- I do think that this this could be very freeing. And I know, like, for, for anyone who has, you know, been playing games and into gaming long enough uh, to, to go through the insufferable roguelike saga mm. of genre naming. <laughs> That's another genre name we can't seem to shake off and seems to have become its own word. Exactly. Well, and uh, to to me, I I just blame that on Rogue not necessarily being a well known game. Yeah. Also, uh, there's Rogue. The- there's Rogue Light now as well. Once, like you have derivations of the original, the original is more set in stone. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's like I think the the insufferable part of the great Rogue like debate was that these purists, these dang assholes, who were like, you know, hey. It's not turn-based, therefore it's not like Rogue. We can't call it that. And, you know, we we, we steamrolled over them. Thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> yeah, and you got steamrolled, and it's time to uh, admit defeat. But I'm that asshole when it comes to Souls-like. like <laughs> You know, because I like Dark Souls. And so having having the recursive name is very freeing. Because I guess we have, I guess we have procedural to say instead of roguelike now. You, there is that. You do. I th- I think like a roguelike is a little bit more than procedural. 
I agree, but most games that have procedural generated elements tend to wear the roguelike label. That's very, very true. I I like, and I want to say you are the one who told this to me, I like the, the difference between roguelike and roguelite is whether or not you can upgrade your character in between runs. I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is that um, I mean, roguelikes, what each potion does is also randomized. Mm. Like what each item does is also randomized. So Binding of Isaac would be a true roguelike because all the, the pills have different effects. That's right. Run. That's right. Ro- that's right. Roguelites have consistent rules. Sure. Have so roguelites have consistent rules and you are the ability to upgrade your character in between runs. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's the nut that's a nutshell to it. You know, thinking about it, there's probably a lot of developers and publishers who would feel invested in coming up with a name other than Souls like, because it means you don't have to be compared to like the exemplar of the genre right out of the gate. And to me, that I, that's what I that's what I was getting to with it being freeing. Coming, you know, yes. having having a recursive game means you are no longer tied to dark fantasy. You're no longer tied to uh, weapon melee combat. You are no longer tied to the prestige of Dark Souls. You can just make a recursive game. Yeah, and yeah. Um, with the nature of the gameplay being death and respawn constantly, do you think you could conceivably make a Souls-like that isn't in the least bit dark? You could make like a, <laughs> a colourful Care Bears-like adventure with recursive elements? Ooh, and Do you think you could do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, anything's possible, right? Could you like, make... You- like you'd um, you'd um, you'd take down enemies by feeding them cakes until they're too hungry to fight you, and then um, in order to uh, re- like recur back to the start of the section, you'd like ring a dinner bell, and they go, "Oh, I got room for more dessert now." <laughs> right, and instead of collecting souls, you're collecting flour and eggs and sugar <laughs> to to uh, get more. Uh, to get more ingredients to feed more enemies. Yes, the all-cake uh, all recursive uh, game. I'm so here for something like that. Well, I, Recursive cooking mama. Well, and like, kind of like you mentioned earlier, like once, once things started moving beyond Doom, a new name was necessary. And I think like this, this genre, this, you know, high difficulty... Um, respawning enemies, sprawling level design, that kind of gameplay loop has become so popular that we are ready now. We are ready for the springboard of freeing it. You know, that's something we forgot. And that was something that was an awkward sticking point for me in when I was coming up with recursive as an adjective. It doesn't really factor in the high difficulty element of a Souls-like, which is another thing that most people associate with Souls, mm. with Dark Souls. That's why everything is the Dark Souls of such and such. <laughs> and, and I can't really think of a way to work that into it, except by just sticking high difficulty in there as well. Recursive, high difficulty sprawler. And see, I think, I think it's inherent. I think being recursive, Having having enemies reset in general is higher difficulty, right? Yeah, but Dark Souls is high difficulty beyond that. Like mm-hmm. the the combat is high stakes, high difficulty. It's easy to like get even the starting enemies can take you apart if you're not prepared. That's true. That's true. 
I feel like the high difficulty is an aspect beyond the recursion. Yes. I feel like we need another like snappy term for high difficulty. Like um like hard? I don't know. Well what do you, hard. What do you I mean, even though it's got it's only one syllable, it's kind of more awkward to say. Mm-hmm. Hard. You want something that flows, like yeah. a two syllable word. Mm-hmm. Like challenge. Ooh. Recursive challenge sprawler. <laughs> but not that. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. And see, I think I think we can. This is a situation where we can have our cake and eat it too, in which in which recursive is the blanket that falls over all of these. Yeah. Dark Souls, in specific, has that high difficulty. So yes. it, we can still have the Dark Souls of, while not necessarily being linked to the genre of recursive. All right, fine. Although it is true that virtually every Souls-like is also high difficulty. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, isn't that just what we used to call Nintendo hard? Isn't uh-huh. that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I, f- I, feel like, I feel like Dark Souls is just like the current poster child for hard yeah. difficulty. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a fad, is what I'm going to say. Um, grown-ups game for grown-ups expert game game for the serious types hardcore there you go hardcore yeah hardcore sprawls hardcore Hard- sprawls hardcore recursive sprawler well and i'll tell you that's that's where that's definitely where i was heading with my on guard combat game is like that idea that you constantly have to be ready that you that's are always a, on your toes yeah. I wanted to bring that up again because that's a, that's a good name, on guard combat. Mm-hmm. As I say, you could apply it to like For Honor or anything else that's very uh, dodge and parry focused. Yeah, a lot of games that are called hack and slash that don't really have that aspect. You just like you just hack and slash. Right, right. That's true. That's true. Well, and and that could just be uh, you know a term that we pin to. And it's like it's also it's really like everything. It's really wibbly wobbly because like Dark Souls combat is very technical but it can also be incredibly messy <laughs> you know yeah like i wouldn't call bloodborne for example i wouldn't say that's focused on on guard combat because that's a lot of rushing in and crazed slashing as much as you can get away with oh but see i i think that bloodborne particularly is on guard combat because of the because of the way in which you need to watch your enemies, like that gun mm. and that stun mechanic means that you are always laser focused on your enemy waiting for that tell to get the, uh, the, the, what do you call that stagger? I guess I think of bloodborne combat as a little bit more, you know, freewheeling because, uh, Mm-hmm. The best way I found to get through Bloodborne Combat is just to rush in and keep slashing, going, please don't fight back, please don't fight back. And there's, yeah. and there's no shield. There's no shield, of course. You are literally cannot be on guard in Bloodborne. You, I, while I feel like semantically you are, you are very correct, I think that's the true shining beacon of Bloodborne is the way they force you to pay attention to your enemy, to be always be ready with that parry, with that visceral attack. You know, a little a little sidestep, a little shoot, a little visceral. 
it's it's very intense and and actually i was i was watching a ton of like olympic fencing videos hoping that like someone would say a word that that triggered me to be like oh that's a good word and i don't know if you've ever watched olympic level fencing it's very quick isn't it like Rid- near seconds to a round ridiculously quick the only way i was able to pay attention is like they have to have it on slow-mo and they do that now yeah. you know with with nice cameras the frenzy that happens in an olympic fencing match is beautiful when you see it in slow motion and can actually comprehend what they're doing yeah. and so i i feel like it that's the same thing it's it's a frenzy it looks really messy but there is a there is an overarching precision to it. And that, to me, is Dark Souls, Bloodborne, recursive combat on Recursive God. precision on guard combat. <laughs> you know, right? We could just come up with a whole blanket of like technical oh. terms, and then we could just be all academic about it and look down on people who don't use them properly. So, <laughs> I, excuse I me, about- I think you'll find that one is a recursive precision on guard combat game <laughs> with sprawler elements uh yes no and i like i i feel like recursive is both technical and a little bit sexy that's a good word recursive it recursive. It, it makes oh, yeah. your mouth I, have you seen that uh that new maths teacher she's a real she got a real recursive body on her right like the just the the shapes that your mouth makes to say recursive is very yeah. fun but it's also very technical though i think uh, yahtzee you get so many extra points for dungeoneer i do still like the word dungeoneer what a great word <laughs> in general I, yeah. I i feel like there's too many there's too many um uh pigeonhole elements to that one where yeah i just think it's a word i like enough i just want to find more definitions for it Mm. Mm -hmm. like like the term whiff punishing what whiff punishing is a term used in the fighting game community to refer to um well if an enemy like attempts an attack and misses you it's referred to as a whiff and the whiff punish is like the standard like uh, a standard thing to do in fighting games and you do it a lot of dark souls as well the enemy tries to hit you they miss and you hit them while they're while they're recovering from doing the hit that's called a whiff punish sure i like that i just like that connection of words so much i just want to come up with something else we can call whiff punishing just so we can use it more often (laughs) yeah no i i really enjoy whiff punishing that's great that's great no and i you know dungeoneer obviously uh my myself who who's who plays a fair bit of dungeons and dragons i come across the word dungeoneer quite often you get a Dungeoneer's pack. There is a Dungeoneering feat uh, that you can choose for your character. Uh, but it is a very fun word. And it definitely evokes that image of someone who willingly goes into the fray. Yeah. And as I said, like dungeon is used fairly like universally. Yeah. Uh, to refer to like an enclosed area of challenges, which mm-hmm. a lot of sections in Soul in risk in recursive games are <laughs> yes the only the only hole that this particularly pigeons is that of the medieval fantasy right right and but, and know. unfortunately yeah yeah no well, people say like dungeon just to refer to like a mechanic in certain kinds of games like um 
in my game the consuming shadow i refer to like the uh the on the ground exploration combat sections as the dungeons that's what they're referred to in the game code oh okay but not in the even, game even world. though even though they're set in like office buildings and um industrial plants and sewers and stuff and and what are they called like in the in the text of the game itself just the office yeah, buildings actually, yeah, I think, uh, actually i think the game calls them dungeons as well mm. it's it's the best word for it it's the best word for an enclosed sequence of challenges to achieve to to like find a specific treasure or achieve a specific objective Mm. I I the only the only thing I think that that hampers this is the the layperson. Yeah, because they can say dungeon. I ain't big on that Gary Gygax bollockery. <laughs> R.I.P. I, I don't like elves and dwarves and uh, dragons and that bullshit. The last season of Game of Thrones ruined me on on medieval fantasy. Oh, I like spaceships. And you go, I oh, like spaceships and office romantic comedies. And you say, "Oh, that's what that's what this game is about. It's it's about an office romance that takes place on a spaceship. Uh, you just go through these challenging levels, and we call them dungeons because that's a general term uh, for for a, a, a an enclosed challenging area where you get a treasure at the end. Don't you understand? Don't you understand? No, <laughs> I do not." Uh, yeah, Mr. so... Uh, Mr. Bean, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, Bean. Hello. Bean. <laughs> Bean. Bean <laughs> uh, If you haven't, uh, watch as much Mr. Bean as you can. It's brilliant. Oh, you don't need to tell anyone to watch Mr. Bean. It's like the most popular comedy in the world, isn't it? You know it, why? Because they're so easy to translate. Because there's no language barrier to the comedy. Yeah. Yes, uh, I yes I know. But just in case someone is watching this like 20 years from now, and you know Rowan Atkins is dead, and no one talks about Mr. Bean anymore, this is it's like just the highest paid actor in the world at one point, wasn't he? Just because Mr. Bean sold internationally so well was was syndicated in so many regions. I would absolutely believe that. <laughs> well, anyway. Oh, yes. I mean, before we uh, sidestep into Mr. Bean talk, which I very easily could. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I wanted to talk more generally about video game genre names because Souls Like is by far the only like illogical name in the world of video game genres. All uh, right. What do you got? Well, take, for example, Adventure Game. Yes. Which uh, used to be like the term to refer to anything that's like The Secret of Monkey Island or Maniac mm-hmm. Mansion. These days, we might more readily refer to that specific sort of thing as the point-and-click adventure game. That's correct. But f- but for a while, those were just adventure games, and people and that was referred specifically to those. And that didn't really work for me because, well, every game with a plot is an adventure. Uh, um, and th- uh, these days, we have the related term action-adventure, which officially means nothing. <laughs> there are so many games termed action-adventure... It tells you bugger all. Well, I, I suppose like action adventure was there to differentiate it from the point and click adventure. <laughs> I I suppose. Right. But, you know, people stay action adventure to refer to, you know, hack and slash games, brawlers, open world games. Yes. It's just when they say that, they generally mean the generic third person triple A sort of game. Like you're like an Uncharted or a... Or uh, Tomb Raider. 
It's, yeah. I mean, people generally know you're not referring to a real-time strategy mm-hmm. or um, uh, a forklift simulator when you say action-adventure. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I'm just trying to think of a better blanket term for those well, games. I would prefer just that we not have a blanket term for like nine different genres of game. That we just refer to them by their individual genres and stop saying action adventure altogether. I I feel like I feel like and this is this is just my knee-jerk reaction, having not thought about it in the least, I think if you showed me Uncharted and you showed me Laura Croft and you showed me uh you know uh, The Legend of Zelda yeah, there is action. They are going on an adventure. All right, I'm there. But what if you want to know more? <laughs> That's what subgenres are what if, for. What if you really enjoy Uncharted games but don't particularly like Zelda games? You're the kind of person that needs more clarification. Ooh, well, are you talking about the difference between genre and setting, my no. friend? No. <laughs> wow i'm totally uh standing in the way of the yes ending here aren't i i know it was and it was timed perfectly you did it (laughs) i'd say like you like uncharted because it's a third person shooter with like climbing and stuff sure when zelda has none of those things uh i mean plenty of climbing in the later ones but sure i guess i could see you i guess i could see you there is is uncharted hold on let's see here Genre of Uncharted. What is that the doesn't shooter? I just said. Oh well, then why why are we why are we arguing about this? Oh well, I guess it's got also got environmental puzzles and climbing. Oh, by the way, according to Wikipedia, it's an action adventure game. Fuck you! <laughs> just putting that out there. Well, I guess now that now that we mention it, action adventure seems to be the term for anything that's like a blend of genres the way uncharted is mm-hmm. third person shooting and puzzles and exploration what is uh, you know what the last of us comes up here hold on the last of us is an action adventure game <laughs> yep which is all proving my point yes that action adventure is a little too general yeah it also doesn't refer to tone uncharted mm. and last of us have vastly different tones that is true though i i feel like i feel like that that is perfectly fine within our funnel genre system like you need you need a a wide net and then you and then you get a a smaller net then you get a colander then you get a sieve right all right so i'm gonna just have to learn how to use the steam tags (laughs) <laughs> that's the see this is the real problem is is people get caught up on something like that where it's like action adventure could mean a lot of things where is yeah. it set what's its tone what's the gameplay mechanics so I wait get, i get that we could all we could like might as well just have it as like a a genus mm-hmm. the way Ooh, you know, yeah, yeah. fish is a genus of life yeah but i wish people would stop using it when they're trying to describe the game to you is my point Ooh, well, say, Ooh, what's this game you're making? Well, it's an action adventure. You have basically said nothing. You- <laughs> uh, yes, that's the that's like like if you said, well, but if you said I'm making a first person shooter, I, I suppose that would equally tell you nothing. Well, you, you know, it's first person. And you know, it's first it. person and it's shooting. 
but you know, um, Dishonored is a first-person shooter, and so is Doom. Very different games. True. Well, that's where we go to the subgenus. Right. Fish, cephalopods. Actually, that's a bad example because uh, apparently modern science has, f- has never been able to agree on what a fish actually is oh, from geez. a scientific standpoint. Because <laughs> there okay. are things that we call that we refer to as fish that are from like vastly different evolutionary paths. Oh, okay. Like, uh, it's something like you know uh, a mud. What do you call them? Like a crayfish is closer genetically to I don't know, like an elephant than oh. it is to like a salmon. Oh, okay, that's interesting. It's, I don't know if that's true. It's something like it's something. Like oh, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I when I, I well, here's what I'm trying to think of is like yes, you know, I think action adventure is a good place to start, and then you know, if we wanted to go down the uncharted path, it's action adventure, third person shooter, right? I guess. I want to say that action adventure implies that you're dealing with a game that features real time uh, shenanigans. Yes, you're shooting in real time, platforming in real time, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think anything that is an action adventure is characterized by, I guess, real time strategy. But then you have to specify real time and real time strategy. Other stuff is like uh, based on like like simulation games, based on like. Uh, management games based on min- menu driven stuff mm-hmm. turn-based games i wouldn't call a turn-based game action adventure all right i think i've put the finger on it i think action adventure specifically refers to real-time action okay all right i'm with you well and uh, i think like no matter what what we what we are describing here is like the the first thing that you think of when you think of a game right right so when you think of Uncharted, are you thinking about it being a third-person shooter, or are you thinking about the action in general? Well, admittedly, I do think of it as the f- the first thing I think of is that it's an action adventure. But part of that is because it also has the tropes of an adventure film. Right, right. And see, yes. I, I think this is the this is like the core to this like the the great genre debate, right? Which is like. We we need to like give it a big label at first, and so like for the original The Legend of Zelda, that is an action adventure game because there there's real time action and you are on an adventure, right? What is the subgenre there? Well, you could go a few ways. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fantasy. Ooh, I like uh, that action, fantasy, fantasy setting. Yeah, and with RPG elements. Mm, maybe. Zelda is kind of another thing that does its own thing. (laughs) There isn't really a good word for what Zelda does. Where you go to dungeons, unlock like a new item that is used to open up new areas. It's sort of a sprawler, but not really. (laughs) It follows its own rule set. That's true. I guess. Yeah. Okay. How about this? I have a better example. Uncharted, which is very can very easily fit into its own pegs. Action adventure, big. Uh, The next is third person shooter. Let's take a game that fits into possibly different pegs, which is something like the Elder Scrolls Skyrim, which it's big heading. And for anyone who's just listening to this, I am doing a whole bunch of hand gestures <laughs> because yes. that's how I think. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm for anyone who's only listening. I'm playing with my dog's ear as he 
exists in what appears to be a state of catatonic bliss. Yes, it is honestly uh, a beautiful and wonderful thing. So Skyrim, role-playing game first. Yes. Even though it's action-adventure, even though it's first-person, it is a role-playing game first and foremost. Well, now everything's getting complicated. Right, right. That's that's what I was hoping to do, complicated. Some things uh, arrange their genre descriptors in different orders. Yes. And so, like, I guess to me, that that's at the heart of this whole Souls-like debate, which is that, like, Dark Souls is so many things. Dark Souls has a lot of ingredients in its well-crafted soup, hmm. but... The recursive elements is what most people pay homage to. And so like that, that is what we are plucking from that essence. Like it's not necessarily the RPG elements. It's not necessarily the combat. It's not necessarily the difficulty, though it often is. It's this recursion. It is the recursion that makes it uniquely a Souls-like and not anything else. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, you can have a game like Skyrim that sure it's first person. It can be in the first person category. It's an action adventure. It's real time action and you go on an adventure. But the thing that is most often plucked from that is the role playing element. And so like we're just we're just kind of creating the 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 um funnel. We're create we're creating right. like this big the the biggest part of the funnel, which is the recursive elements. Recursive Yes. Yeah. That's how I say that. Yes, recursive. <laughs> All right and, then. And I like that. I think I think it works. I think it fits. And I think that if you start applying it to other games like uh like your um oh, what was the uh what's the mechanical one where you can take like robot parts and stick them to yourself? Uh the surge. The surge, right? The resurge the, the surge is a recur the, <laughs> the, the, the resurge. Yes. The surge is a recursive game, but with a sci-fi setting. Yes. Recursive sci-fi. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, it works so well, yachts. <laughs> it works so well. How do we make this happen? Who do we what kind of who at Google do we need to pay? Well, as I said, you can't really enforce this sort of thing. You just have to sort of seed it into popular culture. Mm. Like if I had to do a really, really funny video that everyone quotes for the rest of time, in which I referred to Souls-like games as recursive, that was how you would start something like that, bleeding into popular culture. And you'd just hope that it would like uh, hit the right points in on the graph here and there, where next like there's someone with a semi-popular podcast who casually uses the word recursive <laughs> yes and then that creates like more branching off points and eventually it turns into this big like web and then next thing you know it's getting added to the dictionary and and so that that's like that's everybody's homework is make sure and and you don't be a dick about it because if you're a dick about it people will push back but yes. ma- make sure to start using this term when you talk about that elements of games like dark souls the fact yes. that enemies respawn slightly harder difficulty the but now just if you if you catch yourself wanting to use the term souls-like and mm. having that little momentary thought we all have where we think, haven't we come up with a better name than souls-like yet? Remember that we have. And then 
you could perhaps use it in this context. Ooh, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, if someone says like, oh, I, I really like Hollow, like I, uh, Hollow Knight, I really like, you know, the fact that it's like Dark Souls. And you can say, yes, I too like the recursive elements of Hollow Knight. Yes. Seed it, baby. That would be a good way to seed it into conversation. <laughs> Do our work for us is what I'm saying. Yes. Also, start a fight with a complete stranger Ooh, and lose. Wait a minute. That's your, other, that's your other homework. We're not supposed to talk about that. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> well, great. I'm glad we could get to the bottom of this. Um, that was a really fun episode to think about and write, and hopefully we will do more like that. Uh, in any case, thanks, everybody, for listening and or watching to this. We really appreciate that. Remember that uh, we are doing a push uh, this month to uh, for our Escapist Plus membership and our YouTube memberships where you get all sorts of bonuses. I'm sure the the video played before you watch this video. Anyway, so you know all the benefits to becoming a, a member ad-free uh, Ask the Creators videos. Special yeah, things, I just think. Skip to the start of the video and watch it again if well, you need reminding. And then why not watch the whole video again? I mean, what else are you going to do with your time? Just just hit play and leave it running in the background. That would really help the algorithm. That sure would. <laughs> but it, well, in any anyway, case... Yes. Anyway, th thanks for watching. I've been Yahtzee Croshaw. And I've been Jack Packard, and we'll slightly see you later. Fuck you. <laughs> you gotta work on your catchphrase, man. I think it works. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I think it encapsulates a lot. Hmm. About how much I want people to fuck up. Oh, okay. Well, then that's fair. Bye, everyone. Bye, fuck off.